You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, November 14th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, CSU has been named one of the top universities for veterans, and some elected officials will visit campus for a talk. Learn more with Tyler in Campus News. And high school students in Fort Collins now have a hub for resources to help them get ready for college. Learn about the new Future Ready Center with Lee in local news. Then, free Palestine protests were happening both on campus at CSU and in front of the Fort Collins company, Woodward. You'll get an inside look of the demonstration at Woodward from an interview with one of the protesters. Later on in the broadcast, it's been a year since the mass shooting at the Colorado Springs LGBTQ nightclub, Club Q. For now, the club is closed, but there are plans for reopening. This and more in National News with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with Campus News. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University Campus News. Tomorrow, we'll see Jared Polis, governor of Colorado, and Spencer Cox, governor of Utah, sit down for the Disagree Better event. The two bordering governors will sit down in an effort to display that Republicans and Democrats can peacefully discuss politics and laws. The two governors will be attempting to follow 10 rules that have been laid out for the discussion and to share with others, trying to do this discussion. The first rule will be to connect with each other and build trust. Letting go of the rope by giving up control of dictating what the other person thinks. Give face by showing respect. Checking their, quote, weirdness by not assuming what they believe is normal actually is. Getting curious, trying to be interested in what the other person is saying. Make wrong strong by admitting to mistakes early. Disrupting the script by trying to be surprising. Share constraints only getting mad on purpose, and the final rule is what they call the golden rule of being real with the other person. On Thursday evening, the Water in the West synopsis took place on campus. One of the most important and hotly contended things in the West, water, was discussed. The sixth annual Water in the West synopsis took a look at the future and the generation that will shape it. The water issues are one of the biggest problems that farmers in the West face, and now the next generation of farmers will face the same issue. The main focus was to inform and involve more Generation Z and Generation Alpha people in the discussion of water issues in the West. The synopsis also wanted to hear more from indigenous communities in the West who are also involved in the use of the water. Lastly, for campus news, CSU has been ranked as one of the best colleges for college veterans. CSU placed 16th out of 325 academic institutions across the country. CSU is known for its positive treatment of veterans on campus. The university works with its Office of Defense Engagement and has thrived to have students, veterans succeed. Now coming up in your local news is Lee, who will be going over Poudre School District's new future ready center. In local news, college and career readiness looks like a lot of different ways for Poudre School District students. There are multiple opportunities for students to earn college credit early, and there are even ways to earn work-based learning credit. Despite the number of opportunities, not every student or parent is aware of all the options. In a news release, the PSD Director of Career and Innovation, Tanya Alcaraz, shared the number of PSD high school students who earned college credit last year. Roughly 34% of these students earned college credit, 
and about 10% earned work-based learning credit. Alcaraz said that there are dozens of different opportunities for career readiness in Fort Collins high schools, but a new center hopes to add one more, while also highlighting others. Poudre School District opened a new Future Ready Center at the Foothills Mall last week. The goal is to help spread the word about different opportunities available to students to get them prepared for the future. According to the release, the center will be a community hub for student learning and exploration. There will be a variety of resources at the center, from peer tutoring to career fairs and events to highlight individual PSD Future Ready programs. According to the Coloradoan, during the opening ceremony on Wednesday, students talked about the importance of these programs and the need to up public awareness about them. PSD Superintendent Brian Kingsley said the district needs to adapt to meet the demands of the future. He said the new center will help build the skills in students by partnering with the community in meaningful ways. Kingsley said, quote, that's the significance of this place. The Future Ready Center is now open to the public from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on weekends at the Foothills Mall. If you want information about PSD's Future Ready programs, or if you want a schedule on this week's events scheduled at the center, you can find all of that on their website. Their website is psdfutureready.org. For people in Fort Collins, the land use code is still a hot concern for a variety of reasons. With the recent approval of some new changes, petitions that oppose them are circling around and are now on a deadline. The main focus of the recent changes is to increase housing density in the city. Preserve Fort Collins is a group that was formed last year to oppose the changes. Ross Cuniff is with the group. He said they have until 5 p.m. at Tuesday, the 28th, to file fully signed petitions to the city clerk. The petitions were first approved Wednesday last week. To be successful, they'll need to get at least 4,223 signatures from registered voters in Fort Collins. Cuniff said the group will hold signature drives and spread the word on their social channels and website. Late last year, the petition effort succeeded with nearly 6,500 valid signatures, according to the clerk's office. The council voted to repeal the code and continue working on it. The second most recent revision of the land use code was approved by council last month, but critics are still worried. Critics say it's unfair to force increased density on existing neighborhoods. Residents don't expect the character of their areas to change. Critics also say because the code doesn't require affordable housing, it won't have a big impact on affordability. Supporters say the revision brings necessary and modest changes for middle-class and lower-income residents. They say it could help create more opportunities for affordable housing. One group that advocates for more housing is called Yes in My Backyard for Collins. The co-leader, Kate Conley, said her group will have a campaign urging people to not sign the petition. Information for this story comes from the Coloradoan. And that'll be all for local news, but coming up, Tyler will give you a rundown of some upcoming events, and you'll get an inside look into the protests that happened Friday. We'll be right back.
KCSU is supported by Washington's, supporting live and local music in Fort Collins. Upcoming shows include Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox on November 22nd. Tickets and info at washingtonsfoco.com. Coming up this week for events, we will see cultural events, food and beer, flash vi- fly fishing events, and more. Starting tonight is the Native American Heritage Month Harvest Dinner. The event aims to engage students, family members, and the community to celebrate the traditional Native American harvest. The event will happen from 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. at the Fort Collins Senior Center and is open to the community. Also tonight for our book fans, an evening with Martha Wells. Wells is the author of books like System Collapse, Network Effect, and Witch King. Old Firehouse Books is partnering with Wells to host the event at the Fort Collins Marriott. Tickets are required before entering this event. Starting tomorrow night is the NoCo Brew and Bites. Starting at 6 p.m. and lasting until 8 p.m., nine northern Colorado restaurants will be serving up delicious food and ice-cold beer. If you purchase a $40 ticket, you will have access to a little taste of everything at the event and will support the CSU Hospitality Scholarships and Colorado Pro Start High School programs. The event will be held at the Opera Galleria. Tomorrow, we'll see the Rocky Mountain Flycasters Monthly Gathering. If you are looking for a new fly rod, they will be raffling one off at the event, even if you are not a member. The event lasts from 6.30 p.m. until 8 p.m. at the Northside Aslan Community Center. Later in the week, we'll see lots of live music with the Fleetwood Mac tribute band Rumors playing at the Aggie Theater Saturday night and the Urban Heat playing at the Aggie as well a week from today. Now for our feature story of the day. Protests on campus and in Fort Collins erupted against the treatment of Palestinian people with the war in Gaza. Palestine will be free! Netanyahu, what do you say? Netanyahu, what do you say? How many kids did you kill today? How many kids did you kill Last Friday, roughly 100 students and community members gathered on the Lori Student Center Plaza to protest the war in Gaza. What you just heard is just a piece of the many emotions that were on display at the plaza. Protesters carried signs that had phrases like peace for Palestine and stop funding genocide. As they chanted, they called for peace and accountability, mentioning both President Biden and Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as leading contributors to the destruction in Gaza. A handful of students gathered on the opposite end of the plaza in a counter-demonstration. Two students flew Israel flags, showing support for Israel in the war against Hamas. After a little over an hour on the plaza, the protesters marched to Woodward to join a larger group for an even bigger demonstration. Tyler was there at Woodward for the larger protest. Woodward is a manufacturing company here in Fort Collins that has been looked at closely due to its connection with the war in the Gaza Strip. Protesters gathered Friday afternoon due to images surfacing online of an alleged missile part used in Gaza. The missile had the company's logo on it and is suspected of coming from Woodward. Chants, speeches, and the main purpose of the event, a die-in, at the front of Woodward headquarters located in Fort Collins, all happened. The die-in lasted 10 minutes, with each minute representing 1,000 lives lost. One of the protesters there gave a speech in front of Woodward's headquarters. Here is part of that speech. We're gonna, I'm gonna do a little speech. We're gonna have a couple 
homophobia or anti-Semitism will be tolerated by our organizers. We fight for the liberation of all people. The Palestinian death toll now surpasses 10,800. The protesters' media spokesperson, Robin Morning, also gave an interview about why the protesters were there and what they wanted. Here is that interview. My name is Robin Morning. And then could you tell me a little bit about why you're here and what you're protesting and what you hope to accomplish today? Yeah, we're here um, uh, outside the Woodward Fort Collins main headquarters. Um, And we are here primarily in solidarity with Palestinians um, located in Palestine and exiled all around the world um, to show solidarity and support, um, saying no to the current genocide and apartheid that they're experiencing and have been experiencing um, since the mid-1900s. Seems so long ago, but since around 1948 and even a little bit before that. But we are here because for a long time, Woodward has been in Fort Collins, but most people don't know what they do. And so we are bringing attention to the community, to Woodward, so the community knows to question Woodward's involvement as one of the, according to their website, one of the, um, I'll just quote it here, um, the world's most advanced guided tactical weapons, including JDAM, SB, SDB and the Advanced AIM 9X Sidewinder. Um, they also have um, their world net renowned and known for their control actuation systems. So they're involved in a lot of the technology involved in mis- missile actuations. Um, and they have a lot of investments in um, the war machine in the U.S. and beyond. Um, and so we have reason to believe that they are connected to the current genocide. Um, happening in Gaza, in Palestine, and we want to say no more. We want to attempt to interrupt the war machine the best we can by bringing attention to what's being created here with the residents of Fort Collins tax dollars, um, being connected to um, a war or genocide that they are not um, agreeing with or voting for, um, and even know that their money is going to. So we're primarily here to raise awareness and also to demand accountability and transparency by Woodward for what they're doing and how much of our tax dollars are going towards um, these missiles and towards the genocide um, in Palestine right now. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm sure this is mostly about the images that have circulated online, kind of, of uh, their company being involved in some of the parts of the missiles that are being used in that war. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Well, our thought, my personal thoughts are when I first saw an image appear a couple of weeks ago um, showing um, what appeared to be a part of a, a missile. Mm-hmm. It had a sticker on it with Woodward's logo. 
um, and kind of look like other numbers, probably, you know, identifiers for where it came from, where it's going, all of that. Um, and, um, and so that tells us that there's a piece of Woodward equipment um, that is um, killing um, innocent people in Gaza. Um, and we did not say yes to that. We did not vote for that. We don't want our tax dollars going towards that. Right. Um, and um, when that photo first emerged on social, social media, several people were sharing it, commenting about it, and tagging Woodward and all of their social media accounts, asking, what the heck? What is this? Um, we don't want this. We, you need to stop. And they cleared all of their social media accounts, and they've been ignoring people for a long time. Um, and so that to us is proof enough for us um, that they are involved and we want to interrupt that and we don't want to con allow that um, their involvement um, to continue the best that we can by engaging in a peaceful protest to right. say no more. And then I, uh, you mentioned that you were the media person for your group. Would you mind explaining to me what your group is, what the name of your group is? Um, just a little bit more about that. I, I, I didn't catch that, unfortunately. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so our group, we're an informal group of um, northern Colorado citizens, just people that are concerned and that care. We came together um, and we wanted to make a difference. We wanted to speak out against this. Um, and so someone, as someone that is kind of volunteering to talk with the media, I'm just telling our story and our statement about why we're here and what we hope from other folks. We hope people start asking questions um, and start questioning about like where their money is going and what Woodward is doing so that they can have a um, a more consensual say in where their tax dollars are going. The protesters were peaceful at both the Woodward and campus protests. Coming up next after the break is Lee with your national news. And we're back with national news. It's been nearly a year since the shooting at the Colorado Springs LGBTQ nightclub, Club Q. As the one-year mark comes up, club owners announced plans for the future, including a one-year remembrance ceremony. The public ceremony is set for this Sunday at noon. It'll be hosted by Jeff and Sabrina Aston, who are the parents of Daniel Aston. Aston was the club's bartender that was one of the five victims killed in the attack. According to a release on the Club Q Facebook page, leaders, survivors, and families will come together to remember victims. The release also shared that Governor Jared Polis and Colorado Springs Mayor Yemi Mobilade are expected to join the community. In another release on the club's Facebook page, it was also announced last month that Club Q plans to eventually reopen. 
It won't keep the same location, though, and it'll open under a new name. The new venue will be inside the Satellite Hotel under the new name, The Q. The release said safe venues for the LGBT community was important and that owners hoped the new space would help rebuild the community in Colorado Springs. The release said, quote, The Q in the tradition of Club Q will stand up to these attacks. We will provide a safe, affirming, and inclusive space to everyone. According to CBS News, the queue aims to be up and running by the end of the year. The old location will stay closed and remain vacant, but the release said that a memorial to victims would be built just outside. This week holds a long-awaited milestone for the families of victims in the 2021 Boulder King Supers mass shooting. A hearing is set for Tuesday that will decide whether the shooter will go on trial. The shooter, who has schizophrenia, was deemed competent to stand trial last month. He was declared mentally incompetent in late 2021 and was sent to the state mental hospital for treatment. Since then, experts said this summer his condition significantly improved. Now prosecutors are ready to lay out their case against him. Tuesday's hearing is the next step in his prosecution, which has been stalled because of his mental health. For families of the victims, it's an important milestone. Robert Olds, whose niece Ricky Olds was killed, told the Associated Press he planned to be in the courtroom to fight for justice on her behalf. Olds said, quote, It's the last fight, the last stand for my niece who can't be here to do that herself because this guy murdered her. Ricky Olds was one of the 10 people killed in the shooting. As the shooter possibly faces a trial, other lawsuits are also in progress. The families of some of the victims sued the gunmaker company that made the gun used in the attack, arguing they marketed the gun in a reckless and immoral way. The lawsuit claims the company marketed the gun's killing capability and that it also glorified the idea of a lone gunman. That'll wrap up national news for now. Up next, you'll get a rundown for this week's CSU Sports with Austin Martin right after the break. I'm DJ Apathy. I'm Audrey Three. And you're, and you're listening, listening to 90.5 KCSU, KCSU Fort, Fort Collins. Collins. Hi, I'm Austin Martin, Assistant Sports Director at KCSU. Here's what's going on this week in sports. CSU football beat the San Diego Aztecs 22-19 on Veterans Day last Saturday, keeping their bowl eligibility hopes alive. In his first ever collegiate game, freshman Justin Marshall ran the ball 18 times for 119 yards and one touchdown. Mo Kamara delivered a sack which resulted in a safety. This moves Kamara to second all-time in career sacks in program history. The Rams take on Nevada this Saturday at noon for the annual Senior Day celebration. It will be the final home game and the second to last game for the CSU football season. CSU Volleyball lost a heartbreaker in five sets to UNLV on Thursday. The Rams had match point four times in that fifth set and were unable to finish the Rebels. CSU finished the week sweeping the San Diego State Aztecs in San Diego. The Rams return home for the final week of the regular season, hosting New Mexico on Thursday for the annual State Pride game. CSU finishes the regular season on Saturday, hosting Air Force for a green-out senior night. 
CSU men's basketball started their season 2-0 after defeating Louisiana Tech 81-73. Black Hills transfer Joel Scott led the way with 18 points, and Isaiah Stevens recorded a double-double. The Rams finished their first week of the season with Wright State, trouncing them 105-77. Isaiah Stevens had 22 points and a program record 14 assists in the win. Stevens also set the record for career assists in the Mountain West Conference. Men's basketball plays Northern Colorado tonight at 6 p.m. in Greeley. They'll finish the week Friday against Kansas City in Moby at 7 p.m. CSU women's basketball started their season 2-0 after defeating LeMoyne 69-49 last Monday in the season opener. McKenna Hofschild led the way with 24 points and 5 assists, while Callie Clark brought in 12 rebounds, 8 of which on the offensive end. The Rams defeated Alabama A&M 83-39 on Thursday. McKenna Hofschild had 26 points against the Bulldogs. Women's basketball plays New Hampshire at 6.30 on Wednesday at home. CSU cross-country women finished 6th in the Mountain Regional in Lubbock, Texas last Friday, while the men placed 7th. The women received an at-large bid for the NCAA championships that take place Saturday in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm Austin Martin, and this is what's going on this week in sports. This week, it's looking like it's going to be pretty consistent. A lot of the sun we saw over the weekend will carry over into this week. We'll see a small chance of rain later in the week, but for now, we won't see too many clouds out there. This afternoon, it was sunny. The lack of clouds made it feel a little hot if you were out walking for a little. The high peaked at around 69 degrees, and wind was fairly minimal. Tonight, we'll see a couple clouds, but it shouldn't rain. Temperatures will cool to a low of about 35. Wednesday, some of those nighttime clouds will carry over into the day. It'll be partly sunny with a high near 64. The wind might be a little stronger tomorrow, but it shouldn't feel too crazy. Wednesday night, it'll be mostly cloudy. The low should fall around 36 degrees, and the wind from the day will die down by the time evening comes around. Thursday, it'll cool off a bit as we see a low chance of showers starting around noon. It'll be partly sunny, and temps will ride a high of 61 degrees. There is a chance that wind could pick up a bit during the day. Winds could gust as high as 31 miles an hour. That low chance of showers will continue into Thursday night as we see partly cloudy skies and a low around 29. The rest of this week's forecast will be covered in the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review, which will be on Thursday at 4 p.m. The information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We would also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.